What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, yeah. Man, Aretha. Uh, Coming to you for the first of two times today from the uh, HamPod Studios. If you still haven't listened to the Greg Papa podcast from last week, go back and do that. Make sure to do that. A lot of downloads. I, I checked the numbers yesterday. We've got a lot of listeners. Yeah. Business lot, is booming. Business is, as Antonio would say, business is booming. I got a lot of, and I know you did too, and we were included on a lot of tweets and just DMs on Insta that just people enjoyed it. It was a good conversation. I've been, yeah, uh, what? We, I've been working the back channels. You know, you know when a producer, this is like radio geek, like a producer's like, my white whale. Some a producer mentioned, at like KNBR, like, my white whale's Montana. You know, I've been, I, yeah. I got a couple white whales out there. Uh, one, you know, just Steve Young. I, I've texted him like three times over the summer. I finally got a text back. Then I texted a couple times in the previous couple weeks. He's gone radio silent again, but I will keep attacking. Yeah. If you see him. Yeah, let, let him know him. we're legit. I, I told him, you know. I, I even went like background checks. I'm like, you can text Andy Reid. I'm legit. <laughs> that I honestly, when I use that line, he texts me back. Like, yeah, we'll figure something out. So, that's good. We'll, we'll just keep we'll keep swinging our pick here, guy. It's what we do. Is we just that's keep right. swinging our pick, and uh, we, we never set we don't set the narratives or the storylines, right? We didn't make this Antonio Brown Mayock thing up. They did. So we'll just comment on. We just give our opinions on the stories that are already out there. Which is fun. That's right. Yeah. Uh, before we get into all that, John, few things. And again, there will be Niners play Monday night. If you're listening to this after Monday, there's another pod that'll be just some of that uh, Monday night preseason game. If you're listening to this before, there'll be some more Niners stuff coming later. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about Mayock and AB and some other NFL headlines here. This podcast is brought to you by Ease, John. Ease.com. That's E-A-Z-E. Ease.com for all your... Legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products if you're 21 and over. And easewellness.com for all your CBD. 
We got you completely covered, guy. You want pre-rolls, vapes, uh, topicals, ease.com, especially if you live in California, delivery service. You go to ease.com, you search the menu, order whatever you want, then you type in the promo code HAM, and they deliver it to your house. It's like Uber Eats, but of marijuana. Doesn't get any better. EaseWellness.com is basically like Amazon of CBD. They drop it in front of your house. So wherever you live, all over the country, guy, all over the country. You live in Florida, you live in New York, you live in Philly, you live in Texas, obviously you live in California. You want to get your CBD, topicals, the drops, people love the drops, the sleep aids. They even got doggy treats. If your dog has a little Fido's got anxiety, give him a little CBD. He'll be chilling on the couch with you watching the preseason game tonight. Uh, I, I won't even call it uh, watching Monday Night Football. Sounds better than preseason Monday Night Football. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, go go, uh, go dabble. We're, we're, we're givers here on the uh, Haberman Milkoff podcast, hey, guy. Yep, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, as always, uh, like John said, E-A-Z-E, ease.com and easewellness.com, promo code HAM. You Can't told beat the people it. what they get with that, right? You said that part. I said what? Oh, yeah, you get $20 off to purchase over 50 bucks. Yeah. It's easy. Uh, and if you've already used it, share it. Tell your friends. Grassroots. Literally. This podcast also brought to you by Sleep Number, John. The biggest sale of the year. All beds <clears throat> are on sale at Sleep Number. Uh, when was the last time you really slept great? Isn't it strange that we'll try just about anything to sleep better when it actually could just be time for a new mattress. I mean, imagine if you combine the ease with the new on-sale Sleep Number oh. bed. Right now at Sleep oh. Number stores, the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale, and Queen mattresses start at eight ninety nine. Guy, I-, I know this. My sleeping, and I-, I know you're sleeping, not from personal experience. You just tell me about it. It went to a new level. Well, now you have the sale. can give you whatever you want. So it fits right just for you. Again, you come in during the biggest sale of the year for a limited time. You save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find the Sleep Number at one of the 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the nearest uh, for you at sleepnumber.com slash ham, guy. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. You know, I was watching Mayock on Sunday wondering, is Mike losing sleep these days? Because yes. he finally snapped. And we talked about this on the last podcast when everybody on Twitter was going, oh, see all you guys out there making too much of this story. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's over now. It's the last thing. Haberman's and it couldn't got an go, agenda. It, could, it couldn't go. When did they play, John? That wasn't three weeks ago. It was Thursday. 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 It was Thursday. And Thursday, everyone was like, oh, see, see, Sunday, which is Friday, Saturday. Three days after Thursday, it was a problem again. You know what's funny is I, uh, when I was just, you know, putting together the show, really just write, I just wrote like Mayock. I didn't even need to write anything else. I flipped on <laughs> at about 10.15, our friends uh, John Lund and Greg Papa. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yeah. They have the number one show in the Bay Area. They had Joe Tessitore on because Papa's down oh. in Denver. Uh, he might already be a mile, uh, you know, I don't know if it's called Mile High, wherever he is. And Testor was sitting right next to him. In Vesco, I think. Yeah, and he asked him, like, well, you just called their game three nights ago. What were they like? And he's like, it was like a sigh of relief because Antonio was there. He was dressed out. It was was sunshine and rose. I mean, it was perfect. He's like, I would have said that they had gotten over the hump and everything was good. And I think that's what we saw yesterday, which clearly, guy, 
is one of the great, and I mean great, 39-second clips we've ever seen from a general manager mid-training camp. Something dramatically changed the last couple days, and this guy, and when I say this guy, Mike Mayock, has had fucking enough of it because you don't need to know Mike Mayock personally to know the way he thinks about football. You've been watching him for years on the Combine and on NFL Network talk about the type player he likes. And you'd say the number one type player he can't stand are all the fluffy, fake NBA-type bullshit, which Antonio... It's the stuff he hates. He always went out of his way to be like, you know, this guy's a really good player, but it's not really my type guy. Who who did he always hang his hat on? Like, Khalil Mack. He was like, yeah, something about Clowney is off for me. I want Khalil. It was always the best play. It's not like he liked overachiever, like not good players. He liked good players, but he was big on character. And he would always be pretty open about like, I don't necessarily know these guys personally, but I do a lot of background work and I have to be comfortable. Like his rankings factored in kind of at all. That's why we always thought this guy is going to be able to transition because he's not just your booger eater draft Nick sitting in his mom's basement. This guy's doing well, his He homework. actually treated it as if I'm the GM, would I make this decision? Because the way he talked when he got in front of all those reporters and the most underrated part about Tafer's video, who he tweeted out and I checked, a million views. I mean, uh, is Bear's face when he realizes what he's kind of saying. Like, this is fucking nuts. And it was awesome. But to me, Mayock, and this is why most people bet on Mayock, is I, it came very natural for him. He just talked like he talks. He's a no-fluff, no-bullshit guy. And I think he snapped yesterday. But he snapped in a way where he still held it together. Like, you couldn't quite see. But he was so goddamn mad yesterday because of what it represents. Like, I watched the golf tournament yesterday. Golf's an individual sport. Baseball now. I mean, it's kind of a, it's always been this way, but probably never more than it is now. Never been less of a team game, like a bunch of individuals. Like, football still is the ultimate team game. You score a touchdown, everyone celebrates it on the field. All defensive guys run to the ball. Like, it's a, it's a group effort. And his comment of the 89 guys that are giving us everything they have, and Gruden's on their ass, and this guy just comes and goes as he pleases. After we gave him a $30 million bump that every team in the league refused to give him, is basically what it's become is a fuck you to them. Like, th- this is now a fuck you to us. Like, that's what Antonio Brown, he's sticking the middle finger. It, it feels like this isn't even about the helmet anymore. It's, it's, they gave him $30 million, guy, a signing bonus the moment he signed with the Raiders only because they were, the, or they were the only team willing to do this. And this is how he treats them? Especially as Mike says, we did everything possible to help them. It's not like we were on the other side, but it's over now. They, they have ruled. You're not in the right, Antonio. They're not changing it. So, and I see Raider fans, they keep changing the rules on them. He's the only guy that even has this problem. Exactly. So it's like... I, I saw I, a great... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing while you're talking because I'm watching the video again, and it's around the 16-second uh, mark where Scott Bear realizes, oh, shit, this is good. This is gold. This is good stuff here. This is gold. Uh, Scott Bear looks fantastic, by the way. But, he lost uh, some LBs. Looks good. You're right. But um, I, did you see Orlovsky's tweet about this? Probably. He said this I mean, is I've... like walking into – he's like, this is like walking into Verizon with a flip phone oh, yeah. and being like, uh, it doesn't have Instagram on it. And the response is, yes. You have an old model. It doesn't. The rules have the, the the games change. You need a you need upgrade. You need some. You need the new one. He tweeted it better than I'm repeating it. But it's like, it, we, what are we 
we'll get to Rosenhaus in a second. But you're right. It's not just that they traded for him. It's not. I think it's they paid him. We gave you this blind faith, and probably in Mayock's mind, against our better judgment. Right. This is exactly what Mayock was afraid was going to happen, because it happens a lot with AB. Whatever it is. The other thing is, I wonder if part of what makes Mike angry is kind of what I think, which is, I think when week one starts, he's going to be there. It's like, bro, so you, are, are you you really gonna are you really gonna miss a game? Not that he wants him to miss a game, but part of it's like part of it must be thinking if you really are this mad, you better be willing to miss games because if you're skipping out on what builds a team here, which is our camp, but then when it's time for the games to show up, you're just going to play no matter what happens. Which I'm sure is like I think See, he's going to. I don't think he's missing a game. Yeah, but I, I don't think anyone thinks that. I think why Mike snapped, and he kind of mentioned this in Peter King's article. That I think Peter was at camp on like Saturday, and that he wrote this when they were on good terms. Like part of AB is he's so good that he's got them by the balls. Like they they wouldn't right. let. How many guys on the Raiders team could pull this off without them cutting him? The three first round picks, Derek and Antonio. Like the other eighty five guys, they would cut. They would cut guy or trade. So he has them by the balls, and I think the other element of this is. If you could go back to when they made the trade, and let's say they were in a room, it was Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator, Gruden, Mayock, maybe, I don't know if Mayock really had a right-hand guy then, but just a group of three or four people. And you said, what do you, do you want Antonio? We know for a fact Gruden's hand went fucking sky high. I am pretty confident. I don't know this factually, but I know enough people that are really close to Mike I obviously, like most fans, have watched all of his work for the last 15 years. I'm pretty confident that he would not raise his hand. And so, I don't think he ever wanted Antonio. Now, is it somewhat stomachable when you're like, well, we're only giving up a third-round pick? Maybe because, and he was a big reason why, they didn't give up much. But they did pay him. And then they paid him $30 million extra after he was already making a lot. It's like, well, you know... Antonio's only making 12, and most of the top receivers were making 18. Guy, he was making 19! He was making a shitload. He wanted to double down. Like, you you want me, Raiders? And it's why he said to the Bills, you gotta pay me. So now they're in a position where they paid him all this cash, they can't cut him, not because they care that much about the third-round pick, because this year it'd be $30 million in dead cap. I'd even argue next year, even if the cap goes up to, let's say, $200 million, the cap number for them to cut him next year is $15 million. So that is... You know, it's like 7.5% of their cat. You don't want to just throw that away, especially when the guy's good enough. But that, that's the other problem. He's so fucking good, you can't get rid of him. You're not just going to trade him. And let's call it what it is. Let's say they wanted to trade him today. Like, they were open to trading him. What would they get? Like a sixth? I mean, they, it, it would be, they would just get nothing. So they're, they're fucked. He, Antonio has Mayock and Gruden by the balls. And really, no other player does. Because, like, Rodney Hudson and Derek, they would never act like that. So they would never be a problem. Even Trent Brown, like, Trent Brown went to New England and got along fine. Like, he's kind of a bad look by Kyle, to be honest with you. Now it's all worked out a little bit. But the point is, like, Trent Brown's been pretty seamless, right? The the, the 49ers basically said, yeah, we don't bet on this guy. And Trent Brown's made them kind of look stupid. Now you can argue it wasn't a scheme fit or whatever, but he's had no issues. The Raiders have had no issue. Their only issue is, like, God, is Jonathan Abram ever going to shut up? That's the worst thing they have going on. John, did you, if it wasn't for Antonio Brown, would you know there was a 
this helmet rule even existed. Like, no, it's never I, come up with anyone. No, it didn't come up. Because it, no one would even care, right? If, if Florio just had a deal, let's say over the summer, the NFL made everyone change helmets, I don't even think we'd think about it that long. I don't, it wouldn't even get clicked on. Here's the other thing. I wonder. I don't. Like, if I don't remember team. reading or even hearing about it. And again, not like I'm like reading about helmets often. But you would think like Peter King or someone would have written about it, right? Over the last year, maybe, maybe I, not. You would think, but I mean, it's like writing about the knee pad rule if nobody says anything about it. Like, if no one cares, then no one cares. Yeah, if the players anyone, don't, I don't care, think then... anyone cares. Even the players that you can, quote you unquote could... care, they obviously didn't care that much, right? Yeah, you. Yeah, right. You could also argue that wearing a helmet. Because I saw one thing. The what? What are the helmet? The 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 V I C I S Vickies or however you pronounce that helmet name. That a lot of guys wear. Is that different than the Appar- air shuttle? It's different than the air shuttle. Yeah. Uh, that that helmet. Apparently, the studies show it thirty. It it prevents concussions or protects your head thirty to forty percent better. However, they measure that. You could argue if I'm a coach, even if there wasn't a rule, I would insist all my players wear helmets that protect them as well as possible because I don't want guys missing games with concussions that are preventable. Well, Antonio's got a concussion before. One. Two, you're right. Let's say the the air shuttle, whatever Antonio wants on the thing that they keep failing, you know, you have like a 12% chance to avoid concussion on X the, the main hit, where these are close to 40%, 50%. From a coach's perspective, especially if it's your best player, like in this instance, it is with Antonio, wouldn't I want him to be way less likely to get a concussion when he's going over the middle and he's getting tackled all the time? It's just basic, quote-unquote, concussion protocol before a concussion happens, right? It's just like, I want to avoid those the best I can. And he is freaking out about this. Like, clearly, when Mayock spoke yesterday, to me, it's pretty. he just has temper tantrums over this. He just storms out. And it's like into over something so stupid. Like I, I would understand if this kept happening. Like he kept he kept leaving. Let's say over like a suspension. Let's say he had a two game suspension coming up because they found something in his body, and he was adamant it didn't happen. And I was like, this guy's really passionate about it. I would understand. That's just not the case here, right? Like everyone on the field, all eighty nine guys, are wearing just helmets that he doesn't want to wear. Now I think he would tell you, they ain't fucking as good as me. And that's what Mayock would tell you. That's why I never want it, because I don't want guys with that mindset. They're a pain in the ass. But, but John, the Raiders can't help him with that. So him missing practice because the helmet, he's punishing the Raiders for something they have no control over. And you said something on the last podcast, I think, that I think now we have to say it turned out to be correct, which is even if it wasn't for the foot issue, he would have been missing practice with the helmet issue. I had a couple people and, tweet me that. It's pretty clear that... The, it was probably well, it's pretty more helmet than the feet, right? Yeah, it, well, it's absolutely. It's not pretty clear. It's absolutely crystal clear that you were right about that. That he left for the week so, for the helmet more than the feet. Yes, because I like do think said, I do he, think he did get his feet lasered maybe the day of that he left. But then he okay, was gone the week. But, the, but this was, it was more about the helmet, and we and it was and we pretended like it was about the feet. But here's the thing: unlike a temper tantrum that everyone calms down and we talk it out, it's resolved. It's an issue again. The second that helmet didn't get passed, it's a problem again. Because you're just back to square one. Right, which is the, like it's one thing if you deal with somebody who, who throws a fit and then you talk it out and everything's cool. But the worst is you settle everything. You think you're in a good place. We're all good. We're all good. We've moved past it. Just imagine having a friend or a girlfriend or a wife or whatever where 
you say we're good, and then a week later the same argument happens again. Part of you is just pissed that you're – why are we having this argument again? That's what I'd be pissed. Why are we having the same argument? I thought we talked about this. Everybody was on the same page. Logic. We're settled. And now you're gone? Well, I think it happens, guy, with a lot of little kids. I, it used to happen a lot with me when I was a little kid. Sure. I'd freak out. I'd throw a tantrum. I, they'd let me cry. They put me. They'd send me to my room or whatever. And then, like the next day, it'd be like it's just kind of over. Like I was wrong. Whatever. You know, you're eight, nine, ten, twelve. It just happens with little kids. This and it just kind of ends. You realize you're wrong. Now you may do it again, but you probably stop yourself the second time because you know you you don't want to get in trouble again. Like this is a revolving door. This notion. And I'm glad that it got cleared up this morning when he's like, he's at practice. And everyone's like, well, they, they are not having practice. They had a meeting. So they have practice maybe tomorrow. What, what fucking helmet's he wearing? Because he can't practice. The, the, the equipment guy can't let him on the field. Because I, I can't even, we're so far away now. Did Peter King or someone wrote it. The way it was written is that it's on the league. They will get in trouble. They can't the let team. him go on the field. So the, te- it's on the It's on the team. It's on the team. So the team then, Gruden, is not an equipment man, puts it on the equipment man to make sure that happens. So he's feeling a lot of pressure. And I, I just don't know how this is solved because they can't fucking find a helmet. And he refuses. And I think that's the whole, the, the most basic level of Mayock's anger is he refuses to wear the normal helmet that everyone on the fucking field is wearing. Like that, what did he wear during warm-ups on Thursday? Probably just the old air shuttle. I don't think they had passed it yet, remember? Failed it. Or failed it yet. And he wasn't playing in the game, so it didn't necessarily matter. So maybe they gave him a little grace period. Again, I'm assuming that. My, my, I asked you this, though, before we started recording. And I, I don't know the answer. And I, I don't know if we, maybe Hard Knocks lets us know. Do you think, or did it cross your mind, that Mayock, and when I say this, it's going to sound bad, I don't necessarily mean it in a bad way, That, but he just took it upon himself. Did he go rogue yesterday? Did he ask Gruden before they came out on the field? Because it did feel like when he talked to him, it was mid-practice, right? It wasn't It wasn't like all the players were around. Like There was practice going on. You could hear it in the background. Did he tell Gruden, like, I'm just going to talk to these guys, just right. try to squash it, or did he just go... I'm so goddamn mad right now. Bear, uh, Vic, all the rest of your crew, let's go over here in the corner. I, I got something to say really quick. Yeah, was it... Because that's how you speak with Antonio. Was it a it's predetermined through. message to him through the media, or did Mayock just say what he was thinking without Gruden being cool with him? With the team, right? Because when you talk and you're the coach or the GM, it's the team is taking the stand. And then Gruden sees it after, loves it, and they tweet it out. <laughs> Because clearly, yeah, so, clearly Gruden was all on board once he found out he did it if he didn't know. I, my, I, my guess I would is he be would su- know. I would be surprised if Mayock did that and Gruden didn't know ahead of time that Mayock was going to basically, not basically, he said, didn't he say draw a line in the sand? You're either in or you're out. So we'll say that's drawing a line. I'd be surprised if Gruden was shocked by the information that Mayock said you're either in or you're out. I was uh, flipping channels yesterday and Hard Knocks was on HBO. And I kind of noticed this the first couple episodes, but it really hit me. Do you, do you notice where Mike sits in the personnel meetings? What do you like to the side? Uh, in the table. Well, he sits right at the right next to Gruden and Paul. Yeah. Like right with the. That's usually not where the GM sits. Usually the GM sit would be on the side. Like that's a coaching meeting. Oh, oh, you mean like in the on? He'd sit like not on the table, but like in a chair along the wall. Or yeah, something? it's just you because you're just. It's a coach. You know, it's, they're setting up practice and shit. I I don't think many GMs would just. Like when I was in Philly, Andy 
all the coaches sit right there, and you just Howie would sit on the side. Now again, if you're having a one-on-one meeting with them or something, but that's it's kind of coaching time. Mike is just Mike's like all in on the team. Mike just feels like he's a member of the squad. And I'm saying this in a good way. So I I would doubt he would go rogue in the simple fact that I think being a teammate with John means a lot to him, like trying to do this together. But maybe he knows John now well enough that knows John would kind of like it. Maybe they've been talking about, like, fuck, one of us has to play a really bad cop because I can't blast him because I'm going to need him. And, and Mike doesn't necessarily care either because he's like, I never wanted him in the first place. So screw him. Yeah, I uh, so I, I had that thought about the good cop, bad cop thing. And then the more I think about it, does Gruden want to play good cop? Like, I think he wants to sometimes be bad cop, too. I'd be surprised if it was like a you take one side and I'll have his back. Well, I think when you're the head coach, New England's unique about this because everyone's like, well, he can cut me at any moment. <laughs> Most teams don't mind having the general manager or being, having the coach being able to be like, well, I, he sets the salary, even though that's 100% false. Like Pete Carroll, and this is where I give the Seattle guys credit, like he flipped off Pete. Like, they didn't flip off John Schneider. They, they, they know Pete, like, well, I'm not in charge of the roster. Like, bullshit, Pete. Bullshit. <laughs> Remember when John Dorsey cut Jeremy Macklin, like, in the middle of summer? It was really weird. And he got fired a little later. And it was just, it was just yeah. really weird. Well, Andy still went to Macklin's wedding. You know? Like, Macklin looked at Andy like... Now, I'm not saying that Andy... He's just a big part of the roster. Like the roster's not getting done without these, especially these coaches making seven, eight, nine million dollars. People don't get cut without their knowledge. Now, maybe they don't care. Like they're indifferent on a player here or there. But for the most part, Earl Thomas flipped off Pete because he knew Pete was lying to him. So Antonio, I don't know if Antonio's smart enough to figure this out, but he would be smart enough to see through. Like he's no, he knows Gruden's in charge. Right? That's what I'm saying. Is anybody like? It's not like Gruden has been Gruden has been supportive, but he also has said a few things that have been urgent when it comes to AB. To put it to, I mean, that'd be the mildest way to put well, it, right? I, he wouldn't has Antonio in this ordeal just test any man's patience, let alone two impatient alphas? Like, I'll give Mayock and Gruden credit on this one. Even Mayock yesterday, it wasn't that crazy. Like he could have been fifty times worse. I thought he still held it together for being super mad. You know, because clearly he was fucking pissed, but he held it together. Is they've still been pretty, pretty th- thoughtful about the way they've attacked this because they know how sensitive the player is. And and at the end of the day, and this gets back to what Mayock said to Peter King, he's our best player. So- well, at the end of the day, John, they got him knowing you have to manipulate things. You have to handle him a certain way. So if you're not going to handle him that way, then what's the point of getting them? Well, they're, they're, if you're not willing to handle him that way. The guy, their only chance of being competitive is if a, Antonio has 90-plus catches. Because I was thinking about that yesterday when everyone's like, should they just cut him? Well, one, financially, that'd be a disaster. You, you do that, you get laughed at. Like, that's a, that's a clown show operation to cut him. Two, you've got to figure out a way to make it work. And, and two is, they're dependent on this human playing well. Like, part of this move as they try to... They went out and got the best wide receiver in the league. So when you watch that Thursday night game, which was actually a Monday night game, but with the Monday night crew, Tyrell Williams caught that sweet pass. Well, it's, it's one thing to do it against the Cardinals. Can you imagine if Tyrell Williams has to be their one for 16 games? That's a big difference than being the two. And Josh Jacobs then, like, you start loading the box against him instead of having 84 out there too. They are dependent on this human to try to win games. Probably more than any other player on their team besides Derek. 
and they don't have to worry about Derek anything like this. So it's just he's a pain in their ass. But there is there a team that's more dependent on one player non-quarterback than the Raiders are on Antonio to even attempt to win? Like the Bears can win games without Khalil Mack. The Rams could win games without without Aaron Donald. I, Honestly, I don't think the Kittle, Ra- Kittle comes to mind for the Niners' offense. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Raiders could really function if Antonio if they don't have Antonio with this roster, given the way they are going to want to play because they're going to want to throw deep. They're going to want to fucking score points. Giants' offense, no Saquon. Yeah, that'd be a disaster. Probably be the same thing. It's a little different because we know Saquon fits in that offense. Like, I, are we sure Antonio? I just know Antonio can play. Well, isn't that the other fundamental part of this, too, for Mayock and Gruden? Which is like, you haven't, it's not like you were on this team last year. How many catches, how many passes have you caught from Derek Carr? And it's one thing if you're just hurt, like, okay, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, we'll just deal with that. That's part of the game. But if you're actively not here, who, who, would, you, who would you say Mayock's mentor in the NFL is? Like, the person he looks up to the most? Uh, I don't know, Rick Smith? Who does he look up uh, to the most? Belichick. I mean, he played for him. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're close friends. Uh, he just, he, I think he's been open about Not it. Rick Smith. I was thinking Rick Spielman. Yeah. I mean, I bet he, I bet he fucking loves Rick Spielman. But I, Belichick, he, he, Boston College, played for him with New York. They just known each other. He always at the combine. Yeah. Bill would always go in with him and Rich. Remember, he would give money to Rich's charity, Mike, and he'd talk. Well, what's Bill's number one philosophy? Never pay a guy a shitload of money that might be a headache who hasn't proven anything in your locker room. That's why Bill always traded out of the first round back in the day before the old CBA. Because he never wanted a guy making like $10 million a year that hadn't proven shit. And even in free agency for a long, long period of time, he would acquire like a Randy Moss for cheap, right? He, he would never... Like the Gilmore thing was pretty out of character over the last five or six years. And... It's been a perfect marriage because he became an all-pro so fast that everyone goes, well, best, second best player on our team. So it's an right. easy one. But with, with this, when you, get a, when you get a curveball personality and you immediately empower him financially, and then he starts doing like To me, when Mayock talked yesterday, I was like, this guy's fucking with my locker room because the team's not dumb. They, they, just, they all play Madden. He's the highest-rated Madden player they have for a reason. He's the best player on the team. <laughs> And he's the highest-paid player on the team beside the quarterback. But, I mean, do they have a player? Bes- Who's their second-highest-paid player beside Antonio Brown non-quarterbacks? Like Trent Brown or probably Rodney Hudson making like eight or nine. Maybe maybe Trent Brown makes like ten. They don't have many high-priced guys, guy. So, that fucks with your locker room. And that's kind of what Mike said. We got 89. He, he went right to that. We got eight. And they were practicing right behind him, just giving us everything they have. Some might not be right. good enough. Some we hope are better than they are. Whatever. We got all these guys are going in the right direction. That's all we can ask for. And we have this one guy who's gone rogue. We know that Antonio's gone rogue. Where does he it Has where does he, he or go, is he just... Where does he go? Great question. Like, does he just drive around? Because it's like, well, he's at a hotel. So he's just stay in his room? Like, are they knocking on his door and he just doesn't come out? <laughs> it's a phenomenal question. Because wouldn't you say that's possible? He just hides in his room? Or do you think he leaves? But if he leaves, like, I, where would he go? Because it kind of is home, in the middle hang of out nowhere. With the family. But he, but his, hang out but his with place is in like Palo Alto, I think. That's easy. You can get to Palo Alto. Go hang with the family. They go see with the go see the boys. So you think he just drives to Apollo and Ono, like four hours, you know, three hours away? It's a pretty good trek. Yeah. 
But does he fly back to Florida? That's not out of the realm of possibility, right? Private jet's always going. I don't know, man. Again, like, this is what you sign up for, even though there's no way you could have imagined this. Like, you tweeted, like, first of all, I thought the best thing you said was, it's August 18th. It was, or I mean, it's not today, but when Mayock, August 18th, who had August 18th in the pool before they acquired him? Uh, Roethlisberger might have. Tomlin might have. Yeah, I also think when you get yourself into a situation with such a crazy man, like, it's a little bit different because it's less harmful in a way, but there, what Kevin Durant said about LeBron James, there's a drama that comes along with LeBron James that is unmatched, and I, I, I agree with that. Now, it's, it's a little less harmful, but when he wants it to become about LeBron James, it's becoming about LeBron James. He, he, creates the, he takes the story over. And I think there's a level, there's, it happens less in football because they just get rid of a guy, right? They'll just cut him, they'll trade him. This is the closest thing to T.O., and it's probably even crazier in T.O. just because social media is around now. You know, like you said, you got Drew going on all these shows. I don't even need you to go in front of your fucking, uh, you know, driveway and do sit-ups now. You just you just disappear. Like, the Raiders gave a statement, and a lot of people in the media were tweeting about this. I don't think fans quite gra- grasped. They tweeted that out. Like, that's insane. Teams do everything they can to, like, be pretty normal. Like this, they're embracing. Like we got a shit show going on, and they, they even there's like we're not even hiding from it anymore. This is a disaster, but it's such a disaster. We we and we, you know, actively acquired something that we well knew was going to be a disaster. This guy all summer long, blonde mustache, giving crazy interviews on the shop, talking mad shit about Ben, which I don't totally disagree with, but most guys don't do that. Well. But it isn't this could be in the category of you know what you're acquiring, but do you really? I, I think the hardest thing here. It's hard to. No, I you mean, don't. you know what it is on paper, but until you're living it, no, you don't. Because what what was the one thing they kept saying? If you go to a Steeler practice, he's the hardest working guy there. He's the hardest working guy there. He's the hardest working guy there. Yeah, I don't think Tomlin ever complained about that. Like they, they didn't have issues with his practice habits when he was on the field. It was about everything else. Like that that ain't his problem. Like no one ever says, you know what, Terrell Owens is out of shape. No, it's, he was in shape. Like it's. You know, Deshaun Jackson. Do uh, you think he's going to pass the gassers uh, when we show back up for training camp? Yeah, with his fucking eyes closed running backwards. So, like, shape for some of the, the big divas, they're, they're never out of shape. Like, fat guys get out of shape. Linemen get out of shape. Centers get out of shape. Fucking receivers, they're born. They're, they're cardiovascular. They can take six months off, and they're good. I mean, Well, that's the thing. If, if you said, like, just give me... Give me, give me 11 guys who are talented and work their asses off. You'd be like, I'd have no problems. But there's another element. Like, this guy's talented and works his ass off. I think a, a fundamental issue, if you're a Raider fan, that you just, you're never going to be able to get over is the one thing that Khalil Mack brought to the team that is borderline unparalleled, maybe since, like, Ed Reed. Because even, I mean, Ray Lewis fucking went on trial for murder. Like, that, that happened. And you look at the defensive guys over the last 20 years, the majority of maybe Erlocker didn't really have any red flags, never was an issue. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't even put Erlocker quite on Khalil Mack's potential. Now Erlocker was pretty good, but I'd put Ed Reed the highest level of just team captain, team leader, zero issues, staple of your franchise for 15 years, and he walks into the Hall of Fame first ballot. What Khalil Mack was, and he's basically gone because it was money issues. But then you immediately acquire this. It'd be one thing if they hadn't acquired AB. Right, and they just drafted a bunch of guys. They were just going to start it from the ground up and build, but that's not what they did. 
That's not what they did at all. Because they acquired the biggest headache in the league. And they gave them huge money. Now, it wasn't $30 million different than $90 million, But and he, he, say what you want about Amari. And Amari's not the player Antonio is, obviously. And he has to get paid. And it's a little complicated. But his he, like he had drops. Like it, that, that was his issue. Drops. Well, yeah. He, whatever was going on with him, he was not the same player. Yeah. So, I mean, that now, since the Mayock thing happened, Drew Rosenhaus has been on local TV in Florida, ESPN. Drew looks good. Get up. You know what I'm saying? He's skinny. He does look good. <laughs> and I don't know, as of recording this podcast, has he been on Cowherd well, I just, already I, or I not? heard Colin this morning when I flipped him on just to open a show. He's like, we'll have Drew Rosenhaus later. I'm like, of course you are. <laughs> All right. So before we get to that, though, uh, let's just tell the people about Legacy Box. We appreciate Legacy Box on the uh, podcast. Legacy Box um, is your way to save family films and photos. Make sure they don't degrade or get lost forever. Um, I know the my family has a huge stack of VHS tapes from my my childhood, my sister's childhood. Going for uh, you know family trips to San Diego, check out the uh, aircraft carriers, the Kitty Hawk. Ooh. Well, you can take those VHS tapes. We take all the old photos. Actually, recently somebody asked me for some pictures, and I realized they were pictures that hadn't been digitized yet. So I had to go find the physical, like take a photo of it, and that gets like a weird shine on it. But Legacy Box, make sure you get your VHS tapes, you get your old physical photos, you get everything digitized when you send it to them so it's safe and uh, preserved for eternity. Well, guy, here's the key. You can become your family's hero. Because, you know, your mom, your dad, your grandma has all these artifacts, Polaroids, like you say, just VHS tapes, family home movies. In, in 2019, like, I, no one has a VCR anymore. They, they do not exist. We, we live on our computers. We live on our smartphones. Get with the times. Be, get, that's the key. Become your family's hero. Become your mom or grandma's hero. And be like over 450,000 families that have trusted Legacy Box. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, guy, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. You go to LegacyBox.com slash ham and get 40% off your first order. You go to LegacyBox.com slash ham. Save 40% today, guy. 40%. This is I, I can I mean it'd be an awesome birthday gift. Oh. It's an awesome anniversary gift, and it's just an awesome gift gift. Even if there's no reason other than making sure that um, you you get this uh, a family history preserved. It's a trip down memory lane. Oh. There's easy to follow instructions, safety barcodes for every item. So you, of course you get all your original moments back, along with the personally preserved digital copies. Um, and uh, it's uh, all done by hand in the United States of America. So you go to LegacyBox.com slash ham. Save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. Mm. Uh, all right. Speaking of digital, Rosenhaus has been all over digital. Middle cough, all over, as we said. And this is the other part of the story. And Rosenhaus, like when you watch Rosenhaus, you made the reference to doing sit-ups in your front lawn. Like Rosenhaus, I felt like I saw his get-up interview with Greenberg. And, you know, he's just, he's got his talking points that he's got to stick to. I think in his head, he even thinks this is crazy, but he doesn't let on. He's like, you know, all my client wants is to wear the helmet 
He's always been wearing. I, I, you know? I had multiple people tweet me, and I completely agree. They're like, if I was a good player, it would be a no-brainer he'd be my guy. Because yes. he has your back. You can be nuts and he supports you. Like, when you think Tom Condon, you think Eli, Alex, Stafford. Like, it's just, it's the, like, does Tom Condon, what does he do all day? You know, like, Rosenhaus, every day, you have no fucking clue what you're getting into. He's got, I mean, from Deshaun's to Shady's to Antonio's to Terrell's, he, guy, I think he thrives in chaos. Like, honestly, I'm watching these and going, you know, Drew's pretty high. You can make fun of him all you want. Were you with me when we said hi to him at the at the Super Bowl? Remember he was walking by with his brother? Uh, I, I remember seeing his brother, them, at the last game at Candlestick. I'm not sure. I, I didn't Yeah, I just, I just went up. I, I've met him a couple times, but I, I got news for him. I, I, I love him. I, mean, I, I just, you know, I think he's uniquely talented for what he takes on. Now, he part of his business is taking on the crazies, but usually, the, like, he ain't taking on the shitty crazies. Like, you, you can play when he represents you. Like, he represents who, remember, we look, when Bowman was getting his retired, who was with him? Drew. Like, Drew, Drew has normal players, too. Bowman, yeah, but yeah, Drew, not a crazy. No, but Drew, but, like, Bowman did have an issue with Kyle when they cut him, and then, you know, Drew just can handle shit. I, I think he's, I don't know if he gets considered the best in the business, but I'd put him right up there. Definitely for chaos. There's no one you'd rather have in a chaotic situation as your agent than him. That, that, that you created, you know, <laughs> that you created. Well, no one will talk to you like you're not the crazy one as well. And to everybody, like when you hear Drew talk, you're like, eh, you know, not nuts. What guy starts selling me like, are we sure they're doing everything possible to help AB? <laughs> he's got his hair slicked well, back. He's got the R&R. He was like, this guy's got the shit. AirPods in. I think he's, uh, I think he's I, a badass. I love that everywhere he goes, he's wearing the shirt. Even if there's a blazer over it, his wife is wearing the shirt. His kids are in the onesies. The logo everywhere. It's fantastic. Would, would, um, you, say, but, would you say he's the big, most famous? Maybe not most famous, but biggest agent personality like, we've ever had? Yeah, I, I, I'd say yeah, Boris is a pretty big personality. Well, we don't hear him talk that much. No, but I but yeah, right. I would say I, Boris would be right I would just that. say Drew's probably the most recognized. Like when you say agent, just modern era, who do you think of? You think of Rose? I, I would say him, but you also say like a little slimy. You know, like they he is his brand is on par with AB. Like when you think Boris, what do you think? Money, right? Money, motherfucker. He's gonna get people paid. Well, Boris got, you know, there's not a lot of conversation going on. Like, the player doesn't say a word, and they just, they are quiet until Boris tells him, here's the contract we're signing. Yeah. Where, where Rosenhaus feels That's a little... the problem. It freaks people out with Boris, because no one tells anybody anything. You're right. You just know it's going to be silent, so you better bring the offer. Where Drew's like, uh, get the bag. You know, Drew would be like the, the hippie version of Boris, where he's like, just be you. Be creative. You know, let it fly. All right, I got it. We'll figure it out, right? And we'll still get the most money. Yeah. We'll get the cat. Be you. Do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you know. Who's Zeke's agent, John? Uh, Todd Fran. Uh, I don't know. Todd Fran. I wish it was Rosenhaus. It, well, it might be. I, I, that's what I was gonna say. I asked. I thought it was, but maybe it's not. Would it I thought you? Rosenhaus was Zeke's I, agent. I'm pretty sure Zeke's agent is kind of a random guy. I hope it's Rosenhaus. Yeah, it's. It's not. No. I wish it was Rose. If it was Rosenhaus, you're right. We probably would have known already. Yeah. I bet Drew wants him, though. <laughs> uh, but so here's the real part with, with Rosenhaus, right, is Mayock says what he said Sunday. 
uh, that we've exhausted all options. Rosenhaus, the same day, is on television in Florida saying, we disagree. I, disagree. They, I think they probably played him the Mayock clip. And then he said, I disagree. I don't think we've exhausted all options. Then Monday morning, he's on Get Up, and he's saying, Mike and I have talked. We're on the same page. Quick question. Yeah. Do your AirPods connect with your computer? They can. But, yeah. have, do you ever work with your AirPods to your computer? Yeah. I never have. I, how do you do that? Because I saw Drew. I'm just, like, he must be connected to his computer. Yeah, you just go to the, the like, uh, you know, you just go to the Bluetooth settings on your, okay. on your computer. Wow. I, I've been trying to figure that out. Oh, yeah. You can make all your Skype appearances with uh, Bluetooth. Yeah, it always looks cool when these guys are on the shows. But the problem is, like, right now you've got a mic hooked up. It's That's better audio, but it does look cool. It does. It, yeah, it's just completely cool factor. I don't know if you can go head AirPods only for the audio you're receiving and still send to the mic. Maybe you can. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you actually. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look into that today. Yeah. You got any Skype appearances coming up? No, but it just always looks. I, I just wanted to do it when I'm working. I don't even mean just oh, just right. in general. That, just anything. Yes, that you can 100 percent do. Yeah. The thing. The reason I don't do it that much when I'm working, I'll do it like on the plane. But I like having you know because sometimes you just. Twitter video pops up. You want to watch that video, but still have the music going. Yeah, good, po- you know good I mean? point. But it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, you should pursue that. You have it. You get it to your iPad, though. I don't use my iPad either. Should I? Mm. Do you use your with the iPad? Sometimes it just yeah. I just you know it's just I like to have it all set up so I can just click from thing to thing. God, I feel like I'm fucking living in like 2017. I don't like that. The, <laughs> the problem is when it's connected to your iPad, then your phone rings and you got to like switch it. I but, know it becomes you know, a little complicated. Not that bad. Um... But this is I, – I, on one hand, are the Raiders better off that Rosenhaus is involved here? Yes. That at least it's Drew and not some agent who doesn't know how to at least – because here's the one thing I know is I think Mayock can pick up the phone and have a conversation with Drew Rosenhaus that is a normal conversation. I agree. I would also imagine that their relationship over the years, because Drew consistently has players that are top 10, top 20 players in the draft – wouldn't you be shocked if they don't have just a cordial relationship over the years, seeing each other at pro days? They they know each other. You know, this isn't just out of the blue. Now, how deep is their relationship? I don't know. Like, if you said, I would imagine Gruden knows him pretty well. Lives in Florida. Mayock, uh, Rosenhaus in Florida guy. Uh, Gruden worked in the NFL forever. I mean, Rosenhaus was big by T.O. mid-2000s, so he was had clients on Gruden's team. Like, they have a working relationship. I do think and would imagine, while Mike doesn't love agents, uh, who even, I don't even, does he even have one himself, that him and Drew have somewhat of a of a relationship that carries over from when he worked on NFL Network. Because Drew would be nuts not to push his clients through Mike or try to, or, you know. And Mike might have used him, just he's on the top guys in the fall. You know, who should I be looking at? Now, what made Mike unique is he would just ask GMs. Like, he would just, Belichick, Howie, whoever, John Lynch, he could just, he'd call them all, and they'd give him his list. That's that's where, like, I wonder if Mayock didn't really use agents that much, because he didn't have to. Because he right. was just friends with the guys in the league, who'd be like, give me the top ten offensive tackles I should be looking at. That's, right. you know? Yeah. Or the college guys. He would just call the college coaches and ask them. Both. So, I think where my gut, why Mayock kind of snapped, is this does become 
you know, NBA-ish, where it's the agent, the player, he keeps leaving. It, Mike did not get into – Mike did not aspire to be an NFL GM for this. Now, this comes with it, and this also comes with partnering with John. Like, John – I actually bet John and Drew are good buddies because I think John kind of functions in chaos. I actually think it's a good skill to have. It's something I've really tried to personally work on. On Not like I don't have that much chaos in my life, but just adversity, not freak out. Like For the most of my 20s, I would just freak and scream and just, I just, my anger was snap. I, the older you get, and I don't, not everyone, I've just been able to control it much better. Maybe it's just been fired a couple times, just had some life experiences. But I mean, these guys are like legit pers- professional chaos in their life. Gruden, Gruden loved, I feel like Gruden would sign up for that. Like Al Davis liked it. That's why Gruden's, I look at him like the modern day Al Davis. Drew, Drew, I mean, there's not an agent I'd rather have in this situation, even including Boris. Or Condon, like I don't, they wouldn't handle this as well because they might be a dick. You know, they, they just they don't want to deal with it. Like Drew doesn't, yeah. Drew doesn't mind it. I think Drew likes it. I do too. Makes his life interesting. Um, what how, what do you think life is like at the at the NFL helmet testing lab these days? Like, do you think these guys like we? I had this other project to work on, and now you keep sitting. Now, like John, shocker, the helmet that AB got in the mail didn't pass the test. Well, <laughs> Did you see Florio's? I mean, did you see Florio's tweet that he's like the NFL might be trying to stick it to him, and everyone freaked. This was like yesterday. Like, what are you talking about? I didn't even really know what he meant, but I do think w- when you just say that, like in the testing center, if I'm in control of something, like I'm, and you see this a lot, like in real estate and stuff, like the guy, the inspector that checks off and on. Well, if I'm doing something stupid, like we've already done this, spent all this time, I don't want to waste any of my time doing this. Fail, 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 and who really knows? It's like you never want to piss off the IT guy, right? Because the IT guy kind of has all the control. You need him. You don't really know what these guys are doing back there. But I do think they know we've spent all this time the last however many years figuring this out. And now this guy, one guy, one guy is being a pain in our ass. And like you said, from uh, from Raider fan 74 in LA sending him the uh, the air shuttle, shocker, didn't pass. You know, with uh, Jamarcus Russell's signature on the side that they had to paint over. I'm like, oh, yeah, shocker. You, wait, you're telling me the helmets that you buy at the Raider Image Store aren't actually used in the games? Oh, I didn't see that coming. I walked by one day that it almost took a photo, and there was like a chrome one. I'm like, oh, should I walk in and just see if I can find if they got one in stock? Because I'm sure people have been doing I'll it. I'll be honest, just watching the NFL, and this is back to what you originally said at the beginning of the podcast. If it wasn't for Antonio... We wouldn't even know helmet. The changes happened, right? We I don't think we would know. Maybe a player might have mentioned something in games, but I don't know. No other players mentioned shit. Even after the Antonio, and they asked guys, most guys are like, yeah, I'm just dealing with it. You know, whatever. The only person that mentioned it was Brady's Instagram post, and I don't think he would have posted it if the AB no, thing hadn't he, been a story. No chance. I'm watching, like, the Minnesota-Seattle game last night. You, you, it's not like you... The way Antonio Brown stance on this, you would feel like it's legitimately like a bowling ball on his head or something. They just look like normal helmets. Adam Thielen had an unreal over-the-shoulder catch. He could see. <laughs> he can see. He can see. I, 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 what I think, the, at the, at, if you could just get to the core of Mayock's message, just wear the normal fucking helmet and show up to practice. That, that, if he could have just said that, can this guy just put on a fucking normal big helmet and practice tomorrow for the love of God? Do <laughs> you know what he'll find out? It's not that bad. <laughs> you know? It's not that bad. Oh my god. 
But I, how, this is this is must have been like what America was like when cars with seatbelts were invented. I, a seat? The fuck you want me to just tie myself down into a chair? Well, you know what's funny? My brother. I am not gonna. I can't drive with a seatbelt on. My, my brother, farmer, so he drives around, you know, a lot on the ranch. Well, they have a lot of they have the ability to mess with stuff. So he turned. And a lot of time he's talking with the, you know, through his car. Like his car operates a lot of his office, the truck. He was able to turn it off, and most farmers do. The seatbelt, the ding, 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 until you plug it oh. in. And a lot of it's because he's like moving around, like while he's in his car. I get it. But he also then, you will forget driving. So he, this was like a month ago, picks me and my cousin up to go play golf, and he doesn't have a seatbelt on. I'm like, Jeff. Like, I, I get if you're on the ranch, but you're an idiot if you're not wearing a seatbelt. It doesn't feel that right, bad. Right. You're on the freeway. You're going to become a parent here relatively soon. Uh, like, you, you understand, you read about accidents. Most of them are out of the driver's control. You get sideswiped, something happens. You don't know. Like, you're not on the farm 24-7. Like, put on your fucking seatbelt. It's not that uncomfortable. Like, yeah, put on your helmet. Derek's wearing it. Tyrell Williams well, made do, a catch. Do you know how shocking you you know now when you when you just look over and somebody is has the phone to their ear you're like what are they doing who just you know what I'm saying like it's one thing to go speakerphone you see people texting but when you see phone to your ear like it used to be that that law came in and people were like fuck that I can drive it but now everyone was like oh wait hands free is so much better yeah I go hands free at my desk I don't want to hold the phone to my ear it's better to have an earpiece in I want to get it 100 percent agree. Like, God. And again, this is all based on this. Like, at the the most basic element of why this change happened was to save brains. Like, think about that. That's what this guy. It'd be one. Your brains! Yeah. <laughs> the, your, your own brain. The kid. You got kids. They're right there. Your brain. I mean, I would imagine. For your children. I would imagine the NFL might be getting mad at Mike. And maybe that's why Mike snapped. Like, get your player. Get, get your player reined in. This is ridiculous. We, we're not going to test many more helmets. Yeah, we're not paying the guys at the lab overtime here. Just know that, like, we're not, you're not jumping the line with your helmet test. Yeah, you got about two more in you, and then we're just going to say no. Yeah, helmet test should be like challenges. You only get to test, like, so many helmets. Yeah. You know, someone, three, three someone tweeted three. at me a while back, or maybe DM'd. Remember when we were trying to figure out the challenges? Yeah. You just get two challenges to start a game, and they, like, once you use it, it disappears. If you get it wrong, it's going to disappear no matter what. You lose a timeout. That's where that's where we were like a little out of you know. Oh, 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 okay. So you get gotcha. Yep. I do think if you get them both right, you get a third. That's what they were talking about the, on the one last night. There was a challenge of a uh, of a pi, but you yeah. like that's the that's the big issue why guys are hesitant because they don't want to lose a timeout, especially in the second yeah. half of games. And if you right. don't have a timeout, I'm pretty sure you're out of ch- like you need a timeout to be able to challenge. So it's like, because remember a game like last year, maybe against the Cowboys, Sean Payton was out of timeouts and he couldn't challenge like a blatant thing. So it mm-hmm. is, it can bite you in the ass if you just get aggressive with the timeouts. It's where like the procedural penalties can kill you when you got to waste time out on that one. Right. Like oh, You mean the play clock's running down? And I, I was just going to cut the Harbaugh. <laughs> or the Kaepernick. I mean, he might have just been just as guilty. They were both. But they felt like they led the league for like two straight years, right? I know. Like Jesus Christ, can you snap the ball? D- Derek Sneaky isn't the best of that with like a big play, and big plays are hard. But he's a big celebrator, and then it's like they're not going to get this off. 
And, and I would say, and I think Belichick coaches this, it is difficult, like on a on a 50, 40-yard play for the NFL, like because you kind of celebrate, takes your offensive lineman a little time, then you got to call the play, you got to see, you know, what play you want to run the new side of the field. Like, that's that's pretty normal to get a procedural one there. But, like, when you start a game, I mean, the Niners started the Super Bowl, right? Had to use a timeout. Uh, no, they started the Super Bowl with a misalignment. A penalty. Crabtree or Vernon, it was an illegal formation on a play they hit. First play of the game. Yeah. The Super Bowl. I think, it was it slot left? Somebody was, like, off the line of scrimmage or something. Or the left tackle was covered up or something think like that. Think about Super Bowl first play procedural penalty. Yeah. Two weeks to prepare for that one. Uh, all right, John. Other NFL headlines. Are there any? Uh, yeah. Mike Zimmer chewing out of a David Sunflower seed bag uh, and then looking around like, did anybody see that? Yes, we all saw it, and you're fooling nobody. Here's what it felt like to me. He's had some health issues the last... I don't know, a couple years, the eye, I think he's like, one eye doesn't even work. That, I'm pretty sure he has some daughters, definitely a married, well, his, his wife passed away. So, I, I'm pretty sure, remember his wife passed away like four or five years ago, and it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it might be his kids too, but then your kids kind of start acting as your wife as you get older. Like, dad, you gotta put this down, dad, less sweets, dad, make sure you get, you know, you're walking today. That I he's hiding it from someone. Well, he ain't hiding it from Ziggy Wolf. He ain't hiding it from Rick Spielman. To me, that's key. He's hiding that from his kids. Like who else would he be hiding it from, guy? It have to be his kids, well, right? Well, uh, my or, thought was: just, his, is or, there an or, NFL or the, rule or the doctor? I, there's not an NFL rule chewing because they all a lot of guys chew. There's not. Well, a lot of guys chew in baseball, but there are rules about like how visible. I'm just saying, like, I know everybody chews, but I, to me, like, I'm this just looking. Apparently, there's a rule about NFL players can't use chewing tobacco during interviews. Yeah, again, they do, but but not really. I think guys can sneak things in, or if it was not as kids, could it be the team doctor who's on his ass about a bunch of things, right? Who's had health problems? He's got and the team doctor, so he's just making sure the team doctor doesn't see him. <laughs> this is a story not even related. This is like an older story I found, and it says uh, it's about how he was caught chewing on camera. Zimmer uh, was uh, NFL players and coaches, other employees must not endorse, fully recognize it's part of the deal, are not allowed to use tobacco products while in the playing field area or being interviewed on TV. So NFL policy prohibits the use. Uh, oh, beer in the locker room, but yeah, I think I think he's in because this is a story from 2015 that says Vikings coach Mike Zimmer was found by the Fox cameras put, appearing to put a chew in as his team beat the Lions earlier in the day. Mike Pereira said players are not permitted by NFL uh, general appearance rules. There's something called general appearance rules to chew tobacco during games. So I bet he's gotten in trouble for it before. Yeah. So he, he's he's on a watch list. But that all that said, I think you I, I also think you're correct about like family telling him I'm not saying I'm just saying I, I my guess was that there was some NFL rule about it. Or he's been told don't do it. Yeah. Cause that's it takes effort, guy, to put that thing in the Davids. Oh, we're gonna this is they're never gonna 
They're not going to know what we're doing here. Like, oh, really? Why are all these 15-year-olds at the high school basketball game? They're all drinking Crystal Geyser. Like, everyone just wants to be hydrated. <laughs> like, you're fooling nobody. We know it's vodka. No, the go-to move is a little vodka in the Gatorade. Or the Gatorade, yeah. I, I got one for you, guy. Who would you say the last, like, 10 years, there's been a couple quarterbacks that were super talented and just super inaccurate? The two guys that jump out to mind are Hackenberg, which was once O'Brien left his two years at Penn State, then were a disaster, right? He just, balls would fly all over the place. But everyone's like, God, he's got rosy cheeks, he's 6'4", he's got a big arm. And then, like, the better version of Hackenberg, just like raw talent, was Josh Allen. It's like, guys, mm. he can throw it. He's like Carson Wentz, but, but even more talented, but he just no clue where the ball's going. The, the yeah. high- more talented, uh, like, unlike Hackenberg, his stock never did. Yeah, never. It would, honestly, Draft never stock. really flinched. Because Mortensen yeah. tweeted after the year before his junior year, was like, this guy's going to be the number one pick in the draft. So people like me and you were like, oh, I'm going to watch this guy. He's on national television. And then you'd watch him be like, what is everyone talking about? This is this is a disaster. Or you just look at the stats. I'm like, huh? Yeah, it, seven of seventeen. Yeah, he threw for like a total. He threw for nine hundred yards on the season. It, it didn't make any sense. And then he gets drafted number seven overall. And then you start following him on Instagram. And you're like, God, this guy's really cool. I like this guy. He's friends with Sam Darnold. I just I like what he's selling. I'm rooting for him. And you know what, guy? He's getting pretty good. Now it's a preseason game, but against the Carolina Panthers, he went nine of eleven. And some of the passes that he made in that game, I just saw a highlight reel. I'm going to go back and maybe watch it this week. But he made a couple passes that were like, God, this is... Uh, Baldy tweeted out a little Baldy breakdown. I'm telling you, mm. guy, he looked confident, calm, collected. Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. Are, are we sure that these two guys aren't going to own that division for the next 10 years? Now, in fairness to Buffalo, uh, I'll say this about Buffalo. On, 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 on which division? Yeah, the division they play in. I mean, the other quarterback's 43 years old, and Belichick's 67, not going to coach Yeah, I just, that's what I'm saying. The, the one with the Patriots in it, that division? Well, I, I mean, like, starting in a year or two. Like the, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean necessarily starting right now. You, you, I'll say this. Like, Buffalo, you can't have a weak-arm quarterback, right? Just because of the weather, if you're going to be ta- in that division, the same with the Jets, like, same with the Patriots, you, you need a Josh Allen. Now that's why Miami's such a weird fit in that division. Uh, right? It really is. Never really makes sense. So I, I get what they were thinking with the guy and his character super high. You just didn't know if he was going to be accurate, but he looks accurate, guy. How about this quote for you, John? John DiFilippo from this morning. Did you see this? I quit. Gardner <laughs> Gardner Minshew. He's been able to pick up some nuances uh, faster than some of the other young quarterbacks I've worked with. Sneaky shots. Quote. I, you know, you could, he's worked with a lot of quarter. I don't know. I just, to me, I just think Minshew, it could be a sneaky shot, but I, I think it's just a compliment to Minshew. Like this guy who stepped in now, he'd been a career kind of air raid guy, but stepped in and was immediate. How many years did he start at Eastern Carolina? I think one or two because he'd been a, he had been in a JC first. Yeah. So he'd been. Okay. Or maybe two years. Why didn't he just finish his career at Eastern Carolina? I have never gotten an answer on that. Like, what did he want to like? Did they had another guy like like they had Mike Glennon to Russ Wilson? I have never heard one peep out of anybody from around that program. I don't understand. Like why he left? But it, yeah. it's clearly the best thing that ever happened to him, right? Yeah. But even when he left to Washington State, 
I mean, the tragedy happened. He might not even have been the starter there, right? Like if that. Well, he wouldn't have gone there. Oh, he wouldn't have. I, if Tyler Holinsky doesn't die, doesn't commit suicide, I don't. I don't think Minshew even ends up at Washington. They're not looking for a quarterback. Yeah, that, he might end up then at, at Alabama, right? As a coach. As a yeah, well, as a backup last year, and then a grad assistant. Oh, that's now. So Nick was basically offering: you can be a grad student after a year, you'll be a walk-on for a year. Did he walk? I think he was saying, no, no, no. I think he was saying you'll be a grad transfer, so you'll be our third string, whatever. You'll be our quarterback, backup. Got you. And then when you're done being our third-string quarterback, you will be a grad assistant coach. I got you. Because obviously he wasn't going to beat out Tua, and he clearly wasn't going to beat out Jalen Hurd, so he would have been the third stringer. But did, yeah. did Mike Leach put him on scholarship, or was he a walk-on at Washington State? I think he's – I mean, I assume he was a scholarship And he definitely was. He was a scholarship by the time he was named the starting quarterback. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a scholarship to come What, what do you think about Matt Nagy playing a preseason game and 22 starters all in sweats? Not one starter hit the field. 22 starters in sweats. They should have had halftime those guys do an 11-on-11 drill in sweats for the fans that actually came to that game. 22 starters in sweats. How do you have enough play? Like, is there? How do you have enough other players you, to play? Because you have 90 game? guys, so it's it'd be a little harder. It's college. It'd be a, yeah, it's college. It'd be a little harder with 80, but I think that extra 10 because you just got you got fillers with the randoms, and you don't really care. I mean, you, by the time you're in the second half, you're like, this guy, we're not doing reps or rotations. It's like, if I can just stay out there, let it rip. You, you flip on a random preseason game in the fourth quarter, qu- quarterbacks are running for their life. I mean, some of these offensive linemen don't even get a finger on a defensive lineman. And these, it's not like these defensive linemen are Khalil Mack. They are at such an advantage against some of these offensive linemen. It's just, it's just simple math, right? There's just going to be more people weighing 240, 250 pounds than there are going to be 310 pounds that can move. It's just, it's just basic math. It's easier to find a pass rusher at 240 pounds than it is a functional third-string offensive tackle. Yeah. I mean, we who actually needs to know more, right? Like, in theory, the guy who has to learn the offense is further behind yeah. than the deep. Um. Uh, by the way, John, we asked the question earlier, who is Zeke's agent? I know who it is now because he was quoted by Chris Mortensen. Rocky Arsenault told ESPN's Chris Mortensen this. Apparently, uh, well, I'll get to the quote in a second. Apparently, in Hawaii, Tony Pollard was the Cowboys running back against the Rams on Saturday and was impressive. And afterwards, Jerry Jones said, Zeke who? It was it was and, it was funny though. Like everyone started laughing. Of course, but I didn't think it was funny, and neither did Zeke. We actually thought it was disrespectful," said Zeke's agent Rocky Arsenault to Chris Mortensen. So there you go. Someone, I saw someone say that Pollard could be the next Kamara, and then I'm like, oh my, we've jumped the shark in the preseason. Like let's just pump the brake. Now he did look pretty good. You know, who's, you know, who's actually pretty good are the two guys the Chargers have. When was the Charger game on? Was that yesterday? Maybe it was. Like yesterday in the middle of the day. I watched Chargers. I don't even know. Who the fuck were they playing? can't remember who they were playing. But just Eckler and Josh Jackson, this undrafted free agent from Northwestern who's not bad. Like they, There's no doubt in my mind they could win games with those two guys. Like legitimately be a 10 or 11 win team if Melvin Gordon doesn't come back. Zeke, a little more important. How about this one? Did you see that, I guess they were peppering... Pat Shermer 
because Daniel Jones went 11-14, 161 yards. And he just looks like pretty calm, pretty collected, throws a very uh-huh. accurate ball. He looks good. There's just no way around it. It's preseason. We get it. But he looks good. And Shermer doubled down saying, listen, you guys have heard the owner talk. You guys are starting quarterback. The owner has said it. Now, why the owner's getting involved with who starts and who doesn't, that's the way the Giants work. And Eli's going to start because Pat, because, uh, I almost said Nagy, uh, what the fuck, the Maros want him to start, which is crazy. Okay. The Giants got issues. But I do watch Daniel Jones thinking, maybe he's not that bad. Chargers played the Saints, by the way. The Saints, yeah. Uh... Yeah, the question is, okay, fine. The Mars want him to start, which is insane. Like you said, I agree. The question is, how bad does he have to be for it to be Daniel Jones's turn? That's the question. I, 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 tell me about this. I'm watching the game last night, which Zimmer and Pete approach like a regular season game, just a war zone. Michael Kendricks makes a couple plays. And I'm like, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to feel about this individual? White collar crime. He didn't really hurt anyone else, right? He just made a bunch of profits off of it. Was it insider trading? Was that the deal? Yeah, the guy tipped him off on something, and he bought it, and then he sold it for like, remember he turned like 100 grand into like 1.5 in, in like a week. Mm-hmm. It, it was a great buy, you know? I, but he was given insider trading information. Like, is he a bad guy? Because I think he's about to get suspended once the regular season starts. Is he going to jail? Yeah, I, I jail. thought he was going to spend a little time, but, he, but he's rich. I, maybe he just got a huge fine. I don't know if he's ended up going to jail, but he's definitely suspended, I think, for the first eight games. I, I just didn't know how to feel. Like, am I supposed to be like, you know, he kind of, who cares? Or, because that was where I lean. Like, I don't even care. He just profited on his own. He got in trouble for it. It's not even that big a deal. I kind of care. Uh, but, but, it's, I mean, but yeah, then I also I, went back, like, is this kind of a bad look? Like, they're just letting this criminal just fly around? Yeah, I just, I, I care, like, you break crime, you break the law. You know, I don't, like... There are times when I think if I'm just sitting in a cafe and my buddy sits down, I don't know, this scenario has never happened to me in my life. I've never sit in a cafe and then my buddy sits down. But like if you just say to me, if I'm thinking about buying AT&T and then you're like, you know, you don't want to hear about AT&T. And I'm like, well, fuck me. Why'd you tell me I was going to buy it anyway? Uh, that would piss me off. But uh, it, I mean, he clearly was running a scheme, John. It wasn't like some casual no, the, thing. The, the, that the happened. guy was running a scheme. He had met him at a club. He knew the guy was running a scheme and was giving the guy money for the I scheme. don't think he ever – I think that's questionable, like whether he knew the guy was legit running a scheme. That's where I think All it gets right, well, murky. then that, that matters, I yeah, guess. that's where it gets murky. I, I, I don't know enough about this story because I don't care enough about this story, but if we're getting into the discussion about should you go to jail for – should you be punished, I won't say jail, for breaking the law – I would say, yeah, I mean, by and large, if you know you're breaking the law and you are benefiting to a large degree, it sounds like... But I guess even a bigger picture, it just shows 10x you, on his money. It just shows you how little anyone gives a shit in the NFL. Like, this dude, insider trading, legit broke the law, he he admitted to it. Like, it's no one's even running... If this isn't Greg Hardy, like, I didn't do it, yeah, you did, or Zeke. Oh, he admitted... Okay, well, if he admitted... Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't, like... I'm not giving him credit for admitting it. I'm saying if he admitted it, then I'll just treat him like he's guilty. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not hiding the fact that he's guilty. I mean, they, they embraced it. But just the Seahawks starting him, like, they if he wasn't, if the league didn't suspend him, they'd keep playing him. It just, it shows you capitalism, right, man. It's right. just, he's good. I mean, he's making tackles. He can fly. This is what I always say about the league. Like, the league exists to be a football league, not, like, it's the, it's the 
prosecutor's job to punish somebody. One hundred percent. Like if the if Pete Carroll could find a better linebacker than him, they would. They can't. He's good. He can make tackles. You know, he makes a lot of tackles. He's a tackling machine, actually. Fresno, California. All right, John. Settle in. This settle in. You don't want to miss the beginning. This game starts at five Monday night. Yep. All right, so we'll have a separate podcast for uh, for I don't know whatever happens. So we got maybe a three and out. We got ease dot com promo code ham. We got sleep number slash ham and uh, legacy box legacybox.com slash ham. There you go. Peace. Another pod coming later. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.